Let's hear from Mr. Rob Greenwald. He's going to bring the word to us. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's good to be here this morning. Amen. I'm excited what the Lord has given me to share with the church. Praise God. Uh, my man, Ori. Where's Ori Greenwald at this morning? Today is Ori's birthday. Yay. All right. <clears throat> yeah. I said uh, several weeks ago, that was my greatest call to fame as being Ori Greenwald's dad. And that's, and that's still the case today. Uh, we just got back from vacation. Life with Ori. I could write a book on a lot, my life with Ori. But uh, just a real recent one and just a, a short story. We was, uh, well, I think it was Fud Puckers. We went to an eight and we exited through the arcade and we spent about an hour in the arcade and grandson and Ori, they was playing all the games and stuff. And Ori had one coin left. That's all he had. And that was all he was going to get, I'll, I assure you. And, uh, but he had one coin left and he was, he's going to go up there and he's going to give it back to him because everything is two or four. And the guy said, there's one, one machine in here that takes one coin. So Ori put it in there and lo and behold, he won a hundred tickets with one coin. <laughs> Now, when Ori was telling me about it, it was a thousand tickets, but in, in reality, it was a hundred. Way to go, Ori. No, not now. Not now. <laughs> Ori has lots of things he'd like to say, but, but, but not now. Not now. Amen. It is good to be here today. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Acts is where we're going to be at. The book of Acts. Uh, Acts 1. Is where we'll start at Acts 1 8. And we'll pr primarily be in the book of Acts. I'll, I'll mention several other scriptures, but mostly we'll be in the book of Acts. We'll be there and then uh, maybe 7, 8, and, and 9 later on, but just a few pages over. So if you don't care, go ahead and take the trouble to turn to the book of Acts, Acts 1. And what I want to preach on today is, uh, is a power to be a witness. And we're going to read this scripture and it's going to you know, show that, you know, that uh, it's God's intention for us to have power to be a witness. And, you know, uh, I, I know for one, me for one, I need all of God's power I can get. Yeah. Is anyone, am I the only one? Yeah. You know, we need that. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's really what makes Christianity uh, just one of many things that sets Christianity apart from all the other religions because, because see, God wants us to have his power. He wants us to walk in his goodness and his mercy. And he wants us to have the power to say no to sin. He wants us to have the power to forgive. He wants us to have the power to love the unlovely. He wants us to have power in our everyday lives. So, so, so let's, let's read this. Acts 1.8. I think we've got that scripture for you. Acts 1.8. And it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even the remote part of the earth. Now let's look at that. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, of course, we know today that power, anything can be perverted. 
I mean, the devil loves to take things that God meant for good, and he loves to change them around and pervert them and, and turn them into bad things. And power is no different. I mean, you know, if you go to Washington today or Springfield or Chicago or, or, or any, any capital, you can see where, where power is being perverted and, and bad things can be done in the, in the, in, with power gets in the wrong people's hands. We know that. But we need to remember also that great things can be done with power also. Amen. Good things. It's not all bad. So sometimes when we think about power, we think of people all hoity-toity-toity and, and ordering people around and things like that. But no, no, that's not, a, that's not necessarily the case. When God's talking about power here, he's talking about power to do good, power to change somebody's life, power to, power to change us, to change our children. Glory to God. So, so power is a good thing. Let's go on here and notice and it says, and you shall be my witnesses. Now, most of the time, automatically, our mind goes to witnessing to an individual. We think that this scripture talks about, well, I need that power so I can share the gospel. But, you know, there's a, there's a, most, most of us will witness in a far greater dimension than one-on-one. And that is in our everyday life. When you go to work, whether you know it or not, whether you want to be or not, you are being a witness. Yes. Amen. Yes. When you're standing in that Walmart count, checkout line and you're waiting for them, the line's a mile long, you are being a witness. So see, we need this power to share the gospel, of course, but we also need this power to be a witness in our everyday lives. You know, and even some of us, many of us, our greatest witness will be to our children. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> For many of us, our greatest witness will be to our children. I have talked and spoken to children not children now, but they've grown up and they're in high school or college. And, I add, and, and they talk, we talk about why they've fallen away. Well, and most of the time, it's because I didn't see anything real in my parents' life. I pray that that's not true for the majority of us. But what's the problem there? We don't have that power to be a witness. We don't realize the importance of the power to be a witness. You know, sad to say that in most churches across the country, and I'm sure Orchardville is pretty much an exception. We all know this is an exceptional church. We know that. Uh, I'll never forget years ago, we went to Promise Keepers and... Uh, you know, they, they had done the praise and worship and the speaker come up and the speaker come up and he said, now I realize that, that you guys don't have praise and worship like this at your church. And Norm and everybody else says, we do, we do. <laughs> at Orangeville Church, we got praise and worship. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, across America today, the, there's many statistics that are the same either in the church or out of the church. And it doesn't matter whether it's divorce in the church or out of the church. They're basically the same. 
And it doesn't matter whether it's suicide, either in the church or out of the church, they're, they're, they're almost the same. There's so many statistics that are the same, whether it's in the church or out of the church. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I truly believe the majority of it is, is because we need this power that God has for us. We need this power. We need the power to make right choices. You know, sometimes we just need the power to turn the TV off. I'm going to go back over here again. (laughs) Sometimes we just need the power to turn the TV off. Amen. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys got it going on there now. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just need the power to turn that internet off at 9 o'clock. See, we need that. We need that power to live a life that even those closest to us, like our children and our spouses, well, they can look at us and say, yeah, they know the Lord. Close enough to look at us and say, wow, I think, I think God is real. I think God is real. Amen. Amen. So we need this power. We need it. I want to look at some scriptures this morning. We're going to look at uh, two scriptures. I'm going to tell you about another scripture. Then if we got time, if we've got time, I am going to tell you about my personal experience. So go ahead and turn to Acts 7.58. Acts 7.58. And as we turn there, I want to mention something to you. Now, now many people uh, believe and many people have been taught that when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received it all. There is no more. You receive everything that you're going to get. And there is no doubt in my mind, and I think even in Scripture, that many, many times that is true. But also I think we can look at Scripture and we can see instances where it's not true. So, so we, just need to, we just need to go by what the Word says. Amen. You know, the Bible says, the Bible actually says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every truth be established. So we're going to look at different Scriptures today, and we're going to see that some people, now we're not going to focus on this because, if, you know, if you receive that power, if you've got the power to say no inside of you, you know it. But you know what? If you didn't and you don't, you know it too. Amen. And you, know, and you need it. And God wants you to have it so you can live a holy life for him. So the book of, uh, book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 58, bring you up to speed here real quick. This is, um, this is uh, Stephen, uh, the first martyr of the New Testament. And they are stoning him. And this is a great illustration of the transformation when this power comes into someone's life. And I'm going to be talking about Saul, who I'm going to talk about. Saul, and, and I'm sure most of you have know his name. His name was Saul, and then later on there was such a conversion in his life that they changed his name to Paul. So, so, so this scripture should give us all hope. So let's look at it. It says, when they had driven him out, talking about Stephen, they had driven him out of the city, they began to stone him. 
throwing stones. I mean, we can't even fathom that in our minds today because our society is not that bad yet. But they began to stone him. And the witness laid the robe at the feet of a young man named Saul. So, so, you know, here you are, you have these people stoning this Christian. It wouldn't matter what his name was. The fact was he was a Christian, and they were stoning him. And the ones that were so aggressive, they said, hey, let's, where are we going? let's put our coach over here by our old buddy Saul. So they, they took, took their coach over and laid him at the feet of a young man named Saul. And if we flip over a few more verses in uh, 8.1, it says that Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine this man and he, he's watching this? He's watching this person being stoned. Some of the stuff I see on TV, my mind can't comprehend it. When you get numerous young people beating the daylights and they just beating people up and they're wailing at him and then somebody else takes a turn. I'll tell you what, my mind can't comprehend that. I, my, I can't get my mind there. Even somebody I don't like, I just can't get there. But here's Saul. He, he's watching Stephen get stoned, and he was in hearty agreement. I fully agree with that man dying right there with stones being thrown at him. How can that be? See, that's why I said earlier that this Scripture should give us hope. No matter how bad you've been, you might be, and many of us think we was. we like, well, there wasn't anybody bad as me. Well, there might not have been. But that should give all of us hope because no matter how bad you are, the power of God can change you. You got, I'm going to go back over here. It don't, matter, it don't matter how deep in sin you are. It don't matter how deep in drugs you are or pornography or adultery or anything else that you might list. It doesn't matter how deep you are. The power of God can bring you out. And I know there's people all over this church can testify to that. Raise your hand if God's delivered you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Then and so, so here we that brings us down to Acts nine seventeen. Acts nine seventeen. Now this is after the road to Damascus. So here's Saul. We're still in the life of Saul. And Saul, this is later on in his life. He's he's participated. He's wanted to kill Christians. He don't like Christians. He he was all about persecuting Christians. And he was on his way to Damascus, and the Lord showed up as a bright light, it said. And Saul, I know many, many times, you know, just think about it just for a minute. You know how many times do you think that he was tried to win over to Christ? How many times did he hear about this Jesus? I mean, he was, he was wanting to kill. If they spoke about it, he wanted to kill him, but still, he heard him. So whenever he was on the road to Damascus and that bright light showed up, he knew who it was. And he, and he says, yes, Lord. Now, let me just ask you. Now, 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 some people might not agree with my analogy of this, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. And let me prove it by this. 
How many of you know when God shows up? Yeah. Yeah. This morning when praise and worship started, how many of you know when God showed up? Amen. Amen. That's right. Let me tell you, Saul was no different. He didn't have to wonder who that light was. He knew that was God. All of a sudden, this Saul, this, this hater of Christians, this hater of God, all of a sudden he knew, man, all that stuff that them guys was telling me, it was true. This Jesus Christ stuff, it was true. This, all these good things that they told me about God, oh my goodness, it's true. And he cried out, oh Lord. And at that moment, at that moment, he made Christ his Lord. Amen. Amen. 9.17, I'll go ahead and read that. Actually, I'm going to start in 13. And it said, but Ananias, this is the man that God sent to, to Saul. He said, but Ananias, he said, Lord, I have heard about this man, how much harm he has brought your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Drop down to verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laid his hands on him. And he says, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road which you were coming has sent me to, to you that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, notice that scripture. And, and I, I want you to think about this this morning. You should always think about what the preacher's preaching. Amen. The, the, this scripture doesn't say anything about him repenting and receiving Christ. See, he had done that when the light showed up and he cried out, Oh, Lord. Oh, oh Lord, have you ever done this? Oh, Lord, forgive me. But... God wasn't done with him yet. God knew that to fulfill what he had for Saul to do, God knew that he needed more. And he needed that power of the Holy Spirit. Let me translate. Let, let me give you, let me give you the, the lingo on this. It says, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me translate that. To give you power. Power to say no to sin. Power to be a witness. Power to, to live right and, and to serve God and live a life that's worthy to Him. You know, sometimes we get, we hear about the power of the Holy Spirit and our mind goes like, weirdo. For some reason, I don't, I don't know why that is. But see, that power is to help us. It's to help our marriages. It's to help us raise our children. It's to help us serve our Lord. Glory to God. And so many times we try to, we don't even know about it. A lot of times we don't even know about it. That's, where, that's what we're going to look at next. We're going to look at where, where, where Christians, they had received the Lord, but they hadn't received the, the Holy Spirit because, for one reason, they didn't know that this power was available to them. Amen. 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 Acts 8, if you've got your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to Acts 8. We've got just a few more minutes. Stay with me just a few more minutes. This is another great example of the power coming later after, after salvation, after they had put their, their trust and faith in Christ. Acts 8, verse 12, and it said, 
Now, now listen with me. I'm going to try to read this slow, and, you, and I know it's kind of hard to follow when somebody reads, but I'm going to try to read it slow, and I'll go back and review a little bit. It says, but when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to go back over that again. When they believed, so it's obvious, they believed, right? That's what it says. They, and what did they believe? They believed the good news about the kingdom of God and Jesus. Yes. Were they believers? Yes. I'm asking you. Yes. They were. Yes. If we read on just a little bit, well, let me just go ahead and, go ahead and read it here. Verse 13, even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on. And it goes on to say that the men and the women, they was all being baptized. So here we have it. This is, a, this is classic. This is classic New Testament church. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and they were baptized. Okay, are you with me so far? At the church of Samaria. That, so that's where we're at. Now, verse 14, it says, Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, once again, we see they received. Now, notice what they did then. They sent Peter and John. Now, I wonder why they was already saved. They was already baptized. Why did they send Peter and John? It tells us. Let's go on. Verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. That they might receive power. Power to be a witness. Power to live right, to love your wife. I'm so thankful I've got a great wife. She's easy to love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what, we should never underestimate the power of God in our lives. It just so happens. I tell you, I think this is one of the areas that the devil has done a great job, uh, you know, turning around. And that's when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit showed up here today. And it wasn't all weird and wild. And, and it wasn't all weird, was it? No. It is the presence of God. And see, that power, that strength is what you need in your everyday life. That power is what I need in my everyday life. Amen. Amen. You know, I don't have a clue what time I start. I don't have a clue what time I'm going to stop. But if the praise team will go ahead and come. I've got about five minutes left, and if you'll just go ahead and come with me. So we've looked at two different instances. We've looked at Saul on the road to Damascus, and then Ananias went. Prayed for him, the scales fell off, and he received power. And then we looked at the church of Samaria. They had received Christ, they had been baptized, and then later on, at another date, they had received power. Okay, I'm going to give you one more example. The power of Peter. How many, probably Peter is almost the most famous for denying Christ how many times? Three times. You know, if you read that scripture, you'll notice that he denied Christ in front of a servant girl. A servant girl. Now, in that day, that was as low as you could get. A servant girl had zero power, zero authority, and yet when this lowly person, a servant girl, 
said, aren't you one of them that was with this Jesus? He said, no, not me. Not me. Not me, he says. It wasn't me. And then just a few chapters later, just a little bit farther on down the road, we see where he is standing before kings and people in authority proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ and walking in power and authority. What happened to him? What happened to him? He received the power to be a witness. Amen. Amen. It's true. We need it. Go ahead, praise team. We need it. You need it. We all need it. As they play quietly, I'm going I'm to give you one more, one more illustration. And then this is a personal illustration. This is, just, this is just me. This is not scripture, just so you know. This is just how the Lord dealt with me. So I was 27 years old, and my life was a mess. Me and my wife had been separated. It was, it was just bad. It was, it was not, nothing good, nothing good. And a man came to me, and he shared Christ with me. And I argued with him for a little bit, but then I realized that what he was speaking was true. And I received Christ. <clears throat> got home. Me and my wife got back together, started going to church, reading my Bible. I tell you, I determined, I, I knew what that man, after I heard and the Lord spoke to my heart, I knew what that man was telling me. I knew it was true. And I determined to live as good for God as I had for the devil. And uh, <clears throat> we was doing everything we thought right. We, was go we never missed church. We paid our tithes. I was teaching Sunday school class. <clears throat> I was doing everything. Reading my Bible, like I said. But still, I had this yoke of bondage around my neck. And I made it six months. When I got out of rehab, I made it six months, and I relapsed. And, man, it really bothered me because I was wanting to serve the Lord. I really felt like I'd let the Lord down. So I dusted myself off, went again, made it three months, relapsed. Bothered me again. Next time, a month. Next time, a couple weeks. And I said, oh, my Lord. I said, Lord, I need help. And we was, at a, we was at a Bible study one night. And it just so happens that they was talking about this power. I said, oh, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard about that. <laughs> I thought, man, that's, I need that. So I prayed and I asked for that power. And to the glory of God, I have not thirsted for a drug or a drink. <clears throat> I've told you all that to tell you this. This power, you need it. I need it. Everybody needs. Not to do something weird with it and not, not to get all weird. To serve. To love our wife. To love our children. To be different from the world. 
power to be a witness. Power whenever somebody at work sees us, they say, I don't know about him, but something's different about him. Power to be a witness. That's a witness. Amen. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. Just to be clear, I'm not asking if you're born again. Of course, that's where it starts. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you might be like Saul. You might be ornery and mean and mischievous. The presence of God can change that. You see, really, sin's not a big deal to God because he's got the answer for it. It's a big deal when Christians do it, but when the sinner comes to God, God has the answer for sin. So if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's where you start. And then after that, we ask God for his power, power to be a witness. So if you'll bow your heads with me, and I'm not sure how we're going to do that. We do this. We really need to somehow show an act of faith. So I think what we'll do, I'm just going to have everybody raise their hands at one time. If you've never received Christ, not because I want to see it, because, but you need to, God needs to see you. He needs to see your heart. So if everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to, just raise your hand. You're not doing this for me. I hope you know that. This is, this is serious stuff. This is for your eternity. So if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, just, just raise your hand. Now, for the believers that are here today, if you need power in your life, if you need the power of the Holy Spirit, if you need what God has for you, just, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And all you're going to do, you're just going to ask God for that power. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you and we praise you this morning, Father. Father, I pray and ask that every heart you see open and every hand you see raised, you'll touch them this morning, Father. Whether it's salvation and forgiveness of sins or whether they're, whether they're asking you right now to be filled and with all of your power and all of your might so they can be a witness to you, Father. Father, I just pray from, from the east to the west that you'll come across this congregation and fill this congregation with power to be a witness, power to speak your truth, power to do the things that you've called them to do. I want this congregation to know that this is not the end, but this is the beginning. Thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, O oh Lord. We worship you in Jesus' name. If you have a need this morning, come down. The altars, the altars are open. Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.